Hey church, Pastor Eric here, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I just pray that this message will stir up your faith, build you up, and just move you closer to the Father's heart. If you want to learn more about us as a church or would like to get further connected, you can visit us at our website at oasischurchchicago.com, download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, and also join us on YouTube for our live streams on Sundays and Wednesdays. We hope you find this message to be encouraging and life-giving. Now here's today's message from Pastor JP. Oh, so good. This might take a minute. People are like, where do I sit? Find a place wherever, on the floor. Take someone else's seat. They'll be kind, I promise. Oh, so good. How many of you are thankful for God? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, good vision. Good vision, yeah? That's a good vision right there. Generational blessing upon our house. That's a good good vision right there from the Lord. Amen? Well, welcome to Vision Sunday again. Hey, I wasn't here last week. Um, I had the privilege to be with uh, our dear friends, Chicago Tab, up there in in the city. And um, I don't want to miss Sundays often. I love our church. And uh, they've been so good to us that I just felt like I needed to go cover for Pastor. He's been on a three-month sabbatical, so I was away. And I heard this place went nuts. I'm going to go away a lot more. For real. Because that's awesome. That's a healthy church. That's a God-fearing church. And so I just thank you all for letting me step away. But I just, I heard the aisles were flooded. The the front altars were flooded. God's doing a work in this house. He's doing a work. He's doing a work in this city. How many of you want to say amen to that? He's not abandoned Chicago. He has not left Chicago. He has not forsaken Chicago. He's here, and he has you here for this season and for this reason alone. And so today, I want to do my best in the short moments that we have to just share a little bit about what God has placed on our hearts as a leadership team, as a, as a pastoral team, about where we're going in this year. Scripture talks about the importance of vision, that with vision, people continue to go forth, that when vision stops, people perish, Proverbs talks about And over years of being in this church thing and growing up in this thing and seeing different vision Sundays and what it all meant, I've learned a lot from them. But being at that, we're in our five-year anniversary this year um, as a church plant that started from from really just a couple people that said yes to Jesus and the call and his faithfulness to see this happen and not just this. Because how many of you know this is really cool, but it's the stuff that happens Monday through Saturday that nobody else sees, right? And so um, God's been so faithful in this. And so every year we we, want to just share what God's doing. So if you're visiting today, we're glad you're here, but this is for, for those that call Oasis home, okay? This is not just my vision. This is not just Rachel's vision. This is our vision as a house of where we're going. How many of you want to say amen to that? And so I want to just take a moment and just, just highlight some, some really good things. How many of you know it's good to celebrate in Jesus' name? How many know there's a lot to celebrate? Like as Christopher shared, just about the abundance of what God has done. How, it's crazy we were able to give 12% back into Chicago City Life, back into Chicago, back into um, meals for people during Christmas time for people. God is so faithful. Amen? But let me just share some high things about, uh, high level things about the church we saw in this last year. The church we saw. We, we, we were downloaded by, by God a new vision and mission. <laughs> How many of you know that's a little scary starting this thing, going four years in, having this whole plan, and then the Lord's like, turn that thing, take it all, throw it out the window. We're like, excuse me? He gave us a brand new vision and a mission and, and ways to do church. And from that, we, we've seen the heavy call of discipleship on our house rise up. We've seen God move in miracles, signs, and wonders. We, saw, we, 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 we have said yes. I have said yes to letting God move. 
How many of you know, maybe four years ago, two years ago, what just happened, I, I probably would've been like, I will bless them at home. This is God's house. This is not mine. Okay, back to the notes in Jesus' name. Um, family formations, we got rid of what we, what we used to call growth track. Um, it's not a bad thing, it's a great thing, but we just said we wanna be more intentional about investing in people's lives. You matter, you matter. And if you're in this room right now and you're like, I don't matter, you matter. Okay, and so we said we want to we want to just have people understand who we are, what we're about, but more importantly, we want to just take time to invest. If you have not been to Family Formation, go, please. There's one happening in two weeks, so it's full. So if you're like, I can't sign up, it's full. Get to the next one. It's awesome in Jesus' name. Is it full? I'm looking back there. Yes, thank you, Fidel. You're the best. Um, I'm saying it's open. People are like signing up to crash. Anyways, I'm just here. It's awesome. Um, we've seen more people come on staff because when Christopher said we believe in our people, what we mean by that is um, we're all about programming and helping and creating and having structures and things like buildings and all that stuff. But what I'm worried about and more concerned about is that you guys are getting poured into, that you're getting discipled. And so we have that staff set up for that. New old groups launched. How many of you are part of an old group? These lights are so bright today. Look at that. And if, you're not, if you do not have your hands raised, by the end of this, you will be. Um, development and growth within Kid Zone. We've been having babies. COVID, people were bored. <laughs> hey, it's church. If we ain't gonna talk about it, like where else are we gonna talk about it? Amen. Under marriage, under God, it's good, and it's really good. Amen. We have babies popping up everywhere. I got more baby dedications coming up. It's awesome. But not just babies, we've had older kids come in, and so now Kid Zone's growing, and it's gonna continue to grow. Miracles have been happening. Like tangible miracles. <laughs> Who loves miracles? Everyone's like, I think, I don't know, I've never seen one. We don't pursue and chase after miracles, we chase after Jesus. And in that pursuit, he moves. We've seen, I, I heard a story, um, I think Pastor Nick, you were telling me about a guy that got his back healed in service. It just like popped. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Um, uh, we prayed for, the Lord gave me a vision of, a, of an ear, and this is not about me, a vision of an ear that was just destroyed, an eardrum. And I was like, that's not from, and he's like, no, go speak it. And I, I shared it with people. And, and, and a person came up and said that I've had a whole bunch of ear troubles from like little, little age, if I'm not mistaken. And so they just stood in agreement right up here in the front. They just, God meets faith. He doesn't have to heal with your faith, but he meets faith. Okay, um, and so that person went to the doctor. They've had all sorts of ear and throat appointments. And lo and behold, I don't want to go into detail, but the eardrum's being healed. So good. Deliverance of people, salvations, new relationships and forming. I'm not talking about dating relationships. Hey, some of those are happening, praise the Lord, but just, um, just relationships doing life together. Come on, how many of you know this is a big city? There's a lot of people, but there's a whole lot of isolation going on here, not in this house, in Jesus' name. Serving teams have grows. praise the Lord. We need people to serve. We'll get to this. Encounter, encounters, empowerments of the Holy Spirit. I love it. People are getting filled with all sorts of gifts and fruit, and it's awesome. Okay, maybe I'm just excited. Love Chicago, love Pilsen events. Come on, shout out to the uh, big, big, big shout out to the Love Chicago team for all that they have done, their investment into the city. Um, the coordination um, over COVID 2020. My house was a, a food pantry for some time. Um, and, I, and so the team, Rach and them, just were so, so keen on helping families. We were able to adopt, I think it's like 20-ish families from Pilsen neighborhood that we've just loved on, invested in, um, set meals and Christmas gifts and just blessed them. It, it's good to be the church, yeah? Um, 
We had two more things. Combined Good Friday service with Chicago City Life in Bethel. How many of you were there for that? Do you remember that? That was a little while ago. It was wild. We had two services. It was packed. It was incredible. We're going to do it again this year in Jesus' name. Um, and then we had a New Year's Eve service, just a one-time thing where we were like, hey, let's try this. We'll see what happens. And people were blessed before they all went and did whatever you all did. But you came to the house of God. You committed your first fruits to him. And it was awesome in Jesus' name. Amen? The church we see today. Can I share this? I wrote the church I see and that I just changed it because I was like, this isn't just me. This is us. This is us. The church we see today. Um, I was reading a book um, um, from a pastor, Chris Valentin, and he says something. And now if I say this, you're going to be like, oh, that's, that's a little intense. But he's talking about um, just seeing the Lord work. And he said, if I can envision it, I can have it. And now he prefaced it by saying, I'm not talking about name it, claim it. Although I was like, if I can envision this, I'm asking for, anyway, I just, jokes, jokes. I was like, I'm leaving. Um, if, you, if I can envision it, and if it's a part of the kingdom of God, I'm going to know it's possible. And so that's why we're sharing this stuff. We want to be a church that is activated in the power of God. So, okay, a couple things. You ready? Very first thing I typed. Um, I believe Oasis more than ever is going to be a house where this place will be a house of reconciliation. So literally the first thing I wrote been a couple weeks, months of writing this. The first thing, I went back to it, I was like, um, where every tribe, every color will be present as one body, one family. Oh, God's glory is so good. Together, seeking the welfare of the city. No division. Reconciliation. Brothers and sisters linking arms from every tribe, every color, every tongue coming into this house. We had a pastor visit here one time when we were at Okuna, and he walked in. He's like, um, he was looking for the pastor, and I was I was honored by this. Maybe this is wrong for me to share. My wife's shaking her head. Maybe I shouldn't share. I'm gonna share. <laughs> Charles, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, the discernment of the. I'm, I, I'm, she's like this now. He walked in, he's like, he's like, where's the pastor? And they pointed to me, he's like, no, 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 no. He said, this church is so multicultural, he surely can't be a white guy leading this church. I took that as a compliment. Hear me, this is not normal. So don't be offended by that, please. This is not normal. This is a house that people will come from, every tribe, every tongue, every color. It's not about me. It's about the work of the Holy Spirit in this house that's going to unify us and bless us. And people from this city are going to be shook by what's happening. Anybody just say amen to that? I'll just move on because greater reach and capacity to influence high school students, number two. Kids zone increasing in classroom size. Teachers and helpers needed because the kids will be coming in from all sorts of places in different directions. And, and in return, as they come, their parents are going to come and their parents are going to get saved. How many of you are ready to serve in Kids Zone? Put your hand up if you want to. For real, put your hand up if you want to serve in Kids Zone. <laughs> a church where we see our children will declare the power of God among their peers and revival for this next generation. I can't wait till my son prophesies over somebody. It's going to be awesome. To be a church where people will enter into relationships and marriage wounds and struggles and battles and will walk out of the place healed, set free, that addictions will be healed and delivered, generational bondage broken. Do you see I just wrote that? You were prayed over it. The generational stuff on your family's done in you. It's done. 
receive that today. Be a church where people enter, uh, sorry, uh, be a church where we see kingdom solutions created for first heaven problems, creating businesses and structures and places all throughout the city that are gonna create generational wealth, kingdom wealth, not money, not riches, wealth to impact so that 63,000 number will be like 163,000 next year. Could you imagine what happens when people come to this place because they need solutions for their problems and they come to this place and not the and they hear about the goodness of God and we give them a meal and we fill the bank account with money? How good is that? There wasn't a need among the people. I think Acts says that. Increased giving to the city and to the churches, oasis to continue to build and grow into the call of a house of worship, songs and healings, uh, songs of words that will flow out of our church into the nations. How many of you know oasis has been called to be a house of worship? We, we have had the privilege to write and create songs and now people everywhere are listening to them, hearing them, receiving them. It's gonna continue to happen. Just receive that in Jesus. How many of you wanna say amen to that? Experience more O groups happening, watching the power and the kingdom of God move in the O groups. More people signing up for O groups. Five more O groups launched this year. So AKA, we need more leaders in Jesus' name. See our temple gatherings this prayer and Sundays. Be overwhelmed with the presence of God, seeing people burdened to come and pray on Wednesday nights. If my house will be a house of prayer, Jesus says that, right? He will do wonders. How many of you know prayer works? Prayer works. This is a product of prayer, and there's a lot more for us to see. You guys doing all right? Greater reach with our love, Chicago, and impact around the city collectively. More to come on that. We're going to have a Sunday that we talk about that stuff. It's going to be awesome. A, a church where we're seeing uh, serving not as a burden, but as a way of life like Jesus. See, a church where Oasis doesn't just impact Chicago, but begins to flow in other cities and areas. I see a church where we will grow in the love of Jesus and the discipleship to him, a church that will never hunger, that will hunger and thirst for more and more, never satisfied, kept from wicked desires and schemes of pride and building an empire, but a church that is an example to the world of Holy Spirit empowerment and living in unity together. Come on. This is the church we see today. We have one more thing that we want to share before we turn our attention to the screen, but I want Pastor Jordan to come on up. Can you welcome Pastor Jordan this morning? Wow, there's a lot of you. I haven't been up here yet. Holy cow. Um, hey, I have the honor of sharing something with you all. Uh, again, my name is Jordan. Uh, I serve here. Um, and uh, real quick, show of hands, how many of you started coming to Oasis in 2021? Whew, keep your hands up. How many of you started coming to Oasis in 2020? Yeah. So there's something I wanna share with you guys. We've been, um, the Lord called us to this journey, Pastor JP and Rachel, many years ago. Um, but the Lord has blessed us with multiple um, spaces for us to meet over the last six years. Um, we met in a coffee shop and then we moved to a small little community room inside Pastor JP and Rachel's uh, apartment complex, which we got told to not meet in there again because we were so loud as we were worshiping the Lord, amen. <laughs> And then after that, we moved to a school on Sunday nights. And then um, a gentleman in the church basically helped us get into a, another venue space after that. We went from the third floor of that venue space down to the first floor of that venue space. And then that venue got a change of ownership. And we said, Lord, we need another space. And then we came here. And we were super excited to come here. And then COVID hit, and then we couldn't meet here anymore. So all that to say, the Lord has been faithful in where he's taken us as we've gone to him and we've said, Lord, we need a space in order for your body to meet. 
And so we've never done this before. Um, and I, before, before um, Mr. Sean, sorry, kids own habit. Sean, before, um, before you put the slide up, um, <laughs> sorry. I called him that the other day at my house. It was kind of funny. <laughs> funny for me, maybe not for you. Um, anyways, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, I said as, as I bring this to the congregation, um, what do you want to say? And um, I've never heard the Lord so loudly not speak. And all I heard was this. And I said, I know what that means. And so I felt the Lord say, he just wants to breathe on whatever we do. And he just wants us to ask. And so we've never asked. I'll be honest, we've been here for six years. We have never gone to the Father and have said, can you give us a building, Lord? Yeah, sure, give us another space. We just need to meet. But have ever, we haven't really gone to the Father and sat down and prayed, have we? No. And so, yeah, yeah, it, just, it never felt right. The Holy Spirit just didn't give us that peace. And so I'm here today to say that we, we don't want to build a monument. And I felt the Lord say, just the space that I give you, just make sure it's holy ground. And so we don't want to do campaigns and fundraisers and, you know, hey, if you give $5, here's this, you know. No, that's not what we're going to do. If, if the Lord convicts you to give, you're going to give. It's just how it is. And we're not going to be like, this week we raised this much money. That's not what we're going to do either. We're not going to pull your arm, pull your leg, okay? Because we know that the Lord has it's his perfect timing and everything. And if I could probably, I could easily sit here for the next half an hour and tell you all the things that's happening, even through our staff and through O groups and testimony after testimony. I want to tell you right now that the Lord is, is causing a ripple effect right now amongst our leadership team. And it's, we already see it funneling out to other leaders and other people in the church. And so the Lord is doing something and we want to partner with him. We don't want to step in front of him and we lead. We want to keep following him as we partner alongside of him. So with that being said, our desire is to, if you could, imagine a world, imagine um, a, a, a place, if you will, where kids that live in, in troubled areas actually get to come to this place and have tutoring after school. They get to sit down with maybe a basketball coach or a baseball coach or someone that wants to pour into them and gets to work on the fundamentals of sports with them because maybe they didn't have a mother or father in their life. We're gonna have backpack drives before school starts and we're gonna give away thousands of backpacks to kids who actually can't even afford a notebook or a backpack. We're gonna host times where families can come in and have, and have portraits taken of their family because they can't afford a family photographer. We're gonna have kids come in and get haircuts for free because they can't afford a haircut. We're gonna give clothes and clothes and clothes and shoes and shoes away and Christmas gifts away. And for the people that are in the streets that don't have a place to be, they're gonna come be able to seek warm and shelter. You see, we don't wanna have a place where we just have haze across the room and flashing lights and it feels like you're at a concert every Sunday morning and Wednesday night because that's not what the church was intended to be in Acts. And so we're, we wanna really break the mold and we've saying, Lord, we invite you in because we don't wanna do what the Western civilized church has done over the years. Now I'm not docking every Western civilized church, but what I'm saying is we've become part of a cog and a wheel, if you were say, hey, well, we're gonna have a church building. So that means this. No, Lord, what does it mean to you for us to have a church building? 
Let's rewrite the book, huh? For generations to come. Things that are uncomfortable are gonna be so comfortable because it was the way it had always uh, was intended in scripture. So, I think I've said enough. I'm sorry, pastor. That's five zeros, guys. So, we've said, Lord, when we sat down and we talked about this as a leadership team, Lord, what's the number? Immediately in my head, I said, in my head, I said 10,000. And I felt like the Lord was like. <laughs> I was like, oh, 50 seems like a good number. And we were sitting in there and we said 100,000. Because we can't do it, but he can. And we want to believe for that. So there's a QR code. I'm not going to sit here and coax you, but just to let you know, our desire is that over the next year, the Lord is going to bring in $100,000 and we're going to be ready. This doesn't mean we're going to have a building next February. We're going to be ready from the Lord put something in front of us. We'll be able to act on it because we want to be good stewards of our finances and we believe this is the next right step. Does that make sense? Can I pray over this? Is that right? Will you guys actually just lift your hands to heaven and actually stand in agreement with me? Come on. Oh, Father, we come this morning and we say, Lord, we believe in your perfect timing. We don't want to move if you're not moving and we don't want to step in front of you when you're trying to lead. And so, Father, right now, we pray for provision and the blessings and favor from heaven to be poured out, not because we just need a space, but because we want to see you move in every area of life. For kids to come in and have lives changed, for people that don't have food and water to come in off the streets, for kids to receive additional Christmas gifts. Maybe they've never had a Christmas gift and we want to host Christmas drives. Father, a place where your spirit's going to be poured out every time we gather, where we're not open only on Wednesdays and Sundays, we're open 24-7 and people can come in and receive prayer and received healing. So Father, we stand in agreement. You, Father, you can turn this into a million dollars, not a hundred thousand dollars. And so for whatever you want to do, Father, we stand in agreement in your perfect timing of it all. Father, remind us, remind us that it's going to be in your timing and your will. But stir up in our hearts generosity and faith and faith because we know you want to do it and we're believing we thank you, Father. I thank you for my brothers and sisters that are partnering with us during this time in prayer. And I thank you for the hearts that they have. Father, we're so excited for what you're gonna do. We stand in agreement as a family, as brothers and sisters, and all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Amen, amen. Whew, that's good. I can't wait. I just wanna reiterate. Rachel told me to take my time here. That's a bad thing to say to a preacher. Um, but I, I just want to reiterate, um, a couple weeks ago during one of the cold weeks, this was a choice. I chose to stay. Um, our heat went out in our house. And it was during the days when it was like, like 15 and 12 degrees outside. Our heat was out. Um, and so I sent the kids and Rach to my parents' house. And I stayed because we had a meeting. And I was like, I can, I can sleep in this. Um, I slept in it, I did, um, but it was, um, it was, it was a um, gut punch of like how many people experience that daily 
and how blessed we are, and it doesn't make us better than or them less than. That's never, like, we're, we're bringing dignity when Pastor Jordan's sharing that. We're bringing dignity to image bearers. And so as we come and as we give our hands and our lives to this, these people that are on the street that don't have heat and warmth during these days will be able to come into a place, have a, have a place set up for them. How cool would it be for someone to come in and just be able to have a bed set up with some nice pillows and some blankets and some food and just love? What would it do to the city? Amen? So I just want to share that. It's about us showing the world who they are as image bearers of Jesus. Every single person. I don't care who you are, where you've come from, what you've done, where you're going, whatever. I don't care anything. You're an image bearer of Jesus Christ. And, like, and he's the, the, Yahweh has created you. And so we want, to, we want to love people well. Amen? This year. This year. This is where we're going. This is, this is the word or phrase, I should say. Every year the Lord's given us a word for this house. And this year's phrase for the direction that we're going is an invitation to formation. An invitation to formation. So would you do me a favor and would you turn your attention to the screen one more time for this incredible video? Powerful, powerful. Pastor Tim, you got an acting career, I hear. Powerful. An invitation, an invitation um, to formation. That's this year's vision. Uh, the, the year is um, 1933 and the Nazi regime is deeply growing in Germany at that time, if you know history. World War II is, is there, and um, the regime is rising, and many people in that moment, in that time, and in that day um, were not only experiencing what they were doing and what they were, how, how they were harming so many. So many people were murdered and hurt, but um, there was a great fear among even the church. In that time, as the Nazi regime rose up, the church began to um, fall prey to uh, their ideologies and their thinking and their ways and for the fear that the thing that was supposed to stand strong in the face of evil, in the face of wickedness, began to turn and become a part of what was happening. And so there's a great man that many of you know his name and you've probably read his books, uh, but Dietrich Bonhoeffer. How many of you read any of Dietrich Bonhoeffer's work, Life Together and so many great things? But he, he felt a call, a burden, a young guy, oh, in his, I think at this point in his um, late 20s, early 30s, got, felt the call to go um, back to Germany. He was in the States, felt like, called to go back to Germany and begin a, what would be called like an underground seminary. And uh, I, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a crazy call from God in the midst of a war. Go start an underground seminary in that place. But he said yes to it. And he goes and he, he began to create a place in Finkenwald, which is now part of Poland today, a place where he, he felt the Lord tell him to build disciples and to bring life and the ways of Jesus into their lives uh, through the formation of Jesus in them. And as they are formed by Jesus, they in return would go and impact and make ripples effects of the kingdom of God there in that country. His vision was this intentional Christian community committed to living in the ethics of Jesus found on the Sermon on the Mount. Focused life on prayer, scriptures, confession, living among each other, and many more. It was one built on a new kind of discipleship. Regardless of the cost for these individuals, they would be sold out for Jesus and his ways. It was an invitation that in a place where Bonhoeffer said, where, where they, they, they had to create a place where this could happen to grow and mature believers. So a friend arrives to the place where they are at, and he, he comes in an effort to almost, in essence, bring Dietrich back, saying, hey, you're t and many people believe this, Dietrich was a, a genius of, of, of men. Like, he was very wise. He, he, he was killed in a, in a camp at the age of 35, I think, three days before he was liberated. Sad, incredibly sad. But he was a wise man, and the friend comes back 
back and says, hey, can you please just come back? This is too radical. This is too crazy. What you're doing in the face of this moment in this time, it's not going to work. And so Dietrich gets him in a boat. The story goes, some of you have heard this, but they take him along the river and they go up to this, this mountain peak over in Finkenwald. And he looks at his friend there and he, he tells William Nielsen, he says, hey, look it, look down there. And then what they were looking upon on this mountain was an airstrip and fighter planes from the German army were taking off and landing, taking off and landing. And soldiers were being uh, mobilized and put into their, to their units and all this stuff to go out and to, 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 to destroy what they were going to destroy. And Dietrich in that moment looks at his buddy who says to him, bro, you're crazy. This is too crazy. This is too much. Like, stop. This is never going to work. And he, he looks at him and he says this. He says, look at this generation of Germans in training, disciples being formed by a kingdom of hardness and cruelty. He carries on and states that the way to overcome them is a superior discipline. And he says these words that have rung in my ears for the last two years. You have to be stronger than these tormentors that you find here. In essence, what Dietrich was saying to that friend was what we're building there in that little seminary that many people have never even heard of and many people won't be able to go to. What we're building there is going to be stronger than what's being built here. And as that is being built, this will be overcome by it. Now, a profound prophetic commitment. In essence, he's saying of an unflinching commitment to the cross. He, he looks and says that what we're going to do here is stronger than what's happening there. The formation of their lives unto Jesus would be loyalty to his name over compromise. A cultural formation not impacting them, but the life and the way of Jesus deeply impacting them. The life of the spirit moving through them to be a people that would overcome the evil and the wickedness. Now, 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 there wasn't a many people that, that, that would end up in that seminary. The seminary would be shut down. They would all be sent to camps. Like you heard me say, Dietrich lost his life in a camp. But can I tell you something? However many years later, we're still reading his words. We're still hearing his story. We're still hearing about men and women that said yes to the call of Jesus. Yes to the formation and the discipleship of the Holy Spirit on their lives. And the impacts and the ripples that they made in that moment are going to be for a lifetime and for an eternity. They said, what we are going to do is we are going to commit our lives to being formed by Jesus. And when they said that, they didn't care what came against. They didn't care what would rise up against. It shows us the commitment of people and their lives to the formation of Jesus in a face of a culture where all seemed, including the church of that time, to be heading in a different direction. What I see for this church, what I see for this church, this is what I want to say. What I see for this church, for this body, you guys are amazing. But it's to be a church regardless of size, to be a place where in our faithfulness and commitment to Jesus, our discipleship to Jesus, our sold out hearts to the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. What I see is that we will see a place where generations, I wrote generations again, will come and say, surely God is in that place. Surely God is among those people. Surely what they are doing and what they're experiencing, what they're proclaiming, how they're living, it is something that we've never felt before, sensed before. That must be something greater. And I believe that they're going to declare the goodness of God. This is the church that I see. That as we come into deep discipleship and pursuit of Jesus, we will come under the care and the love of Jesus and the Holy Spirit and enter into a moment in history where we will see this become stronger than this. Hear me. You guys know me, right? 
lean into this for just a few moments. I know it's getting late. It is never us against the world. How many times have I said that in this church? It will never be. Anybody's welcomed in this house. Anybody. But what we will do is we will commit our lives in this work to Jesus and his ways, to his word, to his truth. We will not compromise. We will not water down. <laughs> we will not be scared when culture tells us, stop preaching that, stop saying that. No, 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 no. Hello? When I came to Jesus, you know what happened? I died. But I got a new birthday because I was raised to life with him. And so when I was raised to life with him because he gave up his life for me so that when I said yes to him, my life is now found in him. I died, but I was raised to life as a brand new person. And so in this brand new, I'm always sold out to Jesus. I'm all about Jesus and his ways. I'm all about Jesus in the way that he loves people and cares for people and shows people his greatness. I'm all about Jesus in the way that he loves the poor and the widow and the homeless. I'm all about Jesus and what he says about empowering his children through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I'm all about Jesus and what, am I gonna preach for just a few more moments today? I'm all about Jesus and what he has to say about the Holy Spirit enlightening us, calling us out of depression and anxiety and fear. I'm all about that. This is the church I see when we give ourselves to the discipleship of Jesus. The craftsmanship of his hand. The craftsmanship of a great designer. As we give him our lives, as flawed and as imperfect as we are, but we just say yes to his hand and his ways, he is going to design and create a people that are going to show this city and other places and other cities and places you call home. He's going to show others the goodness of him through us. The call for us is no different as a church today than it was last year when the Lord gave us a brand new vision. We're not changing our mission statement again in Jesus name. We're not changing and turning this whole place upside. What we're doing is we're going deeper into what God placed on our hearts to be a people that are connected and connecting others to the life-giving waters of God's holy presence. That's the call for us. And it happens through us being formed by his truth and presence. By his truth and presence. This is the vision statement fully. We are a community of disciples that live as a wellspring of life amidst the desert of the city. How many of you want to have, have that, be that? That people come and they drink living water from you. Every hand should go up just for the sake of making me feel good in this place before I leave. We are called to be connected and to connect others to the life-giving waters of God's holy presence. We are formed together. Notice that word there, together. You are not called to be an isolated Christian. You're not called to figure this thing out on your own. You're not called to have all the answers in Jesus' name. I'm so thankful that I got men around me and women around me that are a lot smarter than me. How many of you know that's just super important? If you think you figured Jesus out, can I tell you, you haven't. If you think you know everything about God, you haven't figured it out. You don't know his, I just know, the, no. His ways are just crazy big. His, his, his knowledge is too vast. But the good thing is, is because of the Holy Spirit, he gives it to us piece by piece, little by little, and he grows us and molds us and shapes us. So together, we are formed by, his, by him and by the truth of Jesus and his presence in and among us. This is an invitation to formation for us this year. Once again, reiterating, driving this deeper into putting the stakes in the ground. Can I say that? That this body, this is, this is Oasis. I love churches all across the city. I believe in them. We pray for them. I believe God's going to do a work in Chicago. Jeez. So I can't speak for other places. I'm not, I'm not in, uh, shepherding them. I can speak for this place. 
And at this place, we're going to be people that come in together into the handiwork, the craftsmanship of the Almighty King through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and we become formed and shaped by him. And we are going to be a people that do not shy away from this, that do not reject this because it feels uncomfortable, because it doesn't feel like everybody else in the direction that everybody else is going. This body is going to see everything we've just hoped for and more. Those are just blips on the map of what we're going to see. But what we're going to do is we're going to be people that enter into this together, the kindness and the loving mercy of Jesus Christ and submit our lives to his hand and to one another and say, Father, form us, <laughs> shape us, take my heart that's just a mess and purify it. Take my mind that's just running rampant and slow it down a little bit. Bring me into an alignment of what you have to say. Father, when it gets uncomfortable, you're not calling us to run. You're calling us to stay. The formation of his truth and his presence because what we're building here has to be stronger for them. Because can I tell you something? The world could give... The world could care less right now what the church is doing. I'm not saying the church is dead. I'm not saying that... But, but we're seeing masses of people leave. You know why? Because they're done with the show. They're done with the game. They're done with the fake. They're done with you coming to church, putting on your social media, and then living like what you want to live like Monday through Saturday. Hello, can I just preach to somebody today? Just like they're done. They, they, they're tired of it. What they want is real. What they want is truth. What they want is life. And when we become a person and a people that sit under the craftsmanship of God's holy presence and his truth in and among us, we become those people. It's, it, it works like that. This is not a new found revelation that we just received in 2021. Like this has been time and tested and approved for thousands of years. God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hello? Amen. Anybody want to say amen? And when Jesus came to this earth, he calls us to this. Matthew chapter four. Go to your, your Bibles real quick. I know we got kids in kids' home. I know we've sent a message um, parents, just watch your phones if you get a message because we're going to try to wrap this up in 10 minutes. Is that all right? We have three new families and kids. Up. We got 20 kids up there. I said, we having babies everywhere. They're just bringing, it's already happening. The church we see is already happening in Jesus' name. How this happens is through formation. Matthew 4. I'm just going to start, um, I'll start in verse 12. I'll just read it. Verse 12 through 21. You guys doing all right? When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He went first to Nazareth, then left there and moved to Capernaum beside the Sea of Galilee in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. And this fulfilled what God had said through the prophet Isaiah. You with me? In the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, beside the sea, beyond the Jordan River in Galilee, there so, where so many Gentiles lived, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. For those who lived in the land where death cast its shadow, a light has shined. Verse 17. From then on, Jesus began to preach. Repent. I don't know about you, when I read that, I, I, sometimes I read it like he's like. Anybody else? Okay. Repent. He's, no, he's like, repent. Of your sins and turn to God. For the kingdom of heaven is near. Other translations say, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw, saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, love Pete. Great guy, great guy to learn from in Jesus' name. And Andrew, throwing a net into the water, 
for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Can you imagine the, excuse me? (laughs) And they left their nets at once and followed him. Jesus says two profound words here in this moment. And this passage could be dissected for days on end. But two profound words. He says, repent, come. Repent, come. It says that Jesus began and continued to teach and preach those things. Repent and come. Turn from your sin and know the Lord. Come and follow me and I will show you my ways in essence. I'm paraphrasing. But Jesus says these profound words in this moment to these men that would become his disciples. And what Jesus is saying in this moment, in this time, when he arrives on the scene to do his ministry that he was always called by the Father to do, to come and seek and save those that were lost, to come and be crucified on a cross, to raise to life three days later so that anybody that would call upon the name of Jesus will be saved, will come into being a son and the daughter of the king. I don't know about you, but I'm super thankful that he came and that he opened up the heavens for me to come and sit at the table with him. Anybody else thankful for just a moment for the goodness of God? So Jesus comes... He comes, and he says those words, though. He says, repent. Now, when I hear that, I'm like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I messed up last night. (laughs) I failed. But we got to get a sense with this invitation to formation, what Jesus is saying. He's saying, reimagine. See how I see life in truth. See, repentance isn't just saying, I'm sorry. You know, it's good to say sorry to people when you harm them and do wrong. Hello? I'm teaching my son now. You're going to say sorry. He's like, I'm like, oh boy, you. Now I'm apologizing for the way I speak, you know. (laughs) Jesus has come to this earth to bring the Father's kingdom. He's come to this earth to open up the door that what, 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 what Satan thought he could steal in the garden put his head under his foot and he said, no, I'm going to give access to anybody that would call upon my name to have freedom. So Jesus says, repent. What is that essence saying? He's saying, reimagine, rethink, get a better vision of who I am, of who my father is. Forgetting what is behind and pressing on towards what's ahead. Coming into an alignment of the kingdom of God. Knowing the truth of Jesus. When he says repent, it's saying, know who Jesus is. Not just saying sorry and continuing on the ways. Coming to a place of like, man, you're so good and I'm not. You are so good and I'm not. But because you came and gave me life, I have righteousness because of you. And so in your righteousness placed upon me, I get to know your ways. I get to know your truth. I get to know what you're saying. I get to experience the truth of the kingdom of God that Jesus says is at hand. And better yet, when he said, when the Holy Spirit comes, it's going to be in you. Nobody else excited that the the kingdom of God is in me because the Holy Spirit? Two of us. Okay, we're going to have a prayer meeting right after this. What he's saying, in essence, is not just say sorry and keep moving on. He's saying, 180, turn, and let your whole being come into an agreement with who God is and what his kingdom's like. Your mind, your emotions, dare I say your will, I like the two first ones, my mind and my will. Can I tell you something? One of the greatest things, and this is not about me. I'm I'm down to three minutes. 
was when I said yes to Jesus and his will for my life. You know what it brought me? Great peace. Have there been crazy hardships? Oh, yeah. Have there been a lot of times I'm like, I'm done? Oh, yeah. But when I came in, and I'm not telling every one of you are called to the ministry. Hear me. He's got all sorts of callings for you in different places and spheres. That's how he builds the kingdom. He expands Eden through that territory. Hello? But when I said yes to his truth and his ways, it changed my life. So Jesus says, come, reimagine what I have to say. Rethink, come into an agreement of my ways. Not a podcast. Not an Instagram preacher. Not a Twitter person that just loves to destroy the church at this point. Where's Rachel? Not coming into agreement with what you feel because it's 2021 and you, it's 2022. <laughs> Still in last year. And you have some fresh, fresh new thing that wants to be taught, but it hasn't been taught for thousands of years as the church. We're enlightened. No, we're just becoming our own gods. So he's saying, no, 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 come into my truth, repent, know me, know my ways. Know how, you know what the greatest thing of knowing him is his love? The love of God. <gasps> the love of God. It's like the love of Jesus. That when we were sinners, destructive, destroying things, he's like, I love you. I love you. I love you. What if that truth just invaded your heart every single day? What would it do? Oh, it would change you. I'll tell you that much. You are right. Final two minutes. Uh, Peyton, can you come on up? Just Peyton. We're just going to pray out. So he says, repent. Come under the truth. Live in the truth of my ways. Know my ways. Because when you break agreement with the, the truths that you've received and thought to be real and you break agreement with that, you come into an agreement of his ways. That's a good word. That'll preach. Some of you take that home, chew on it. He's saying, come, know my ways. Know how I'm defining reality for you. Can I tell you something? Jesus has a whole different reality Jesus' ways is a whole different reality to than the way the world works. And so when we repent, we're not just saying sorry. We're saying, form me <laughs> by your truth. By your truth of what you're saying and who you are and who I am in you. Form me in that. And as I'm formed, I'm going to become more like you. See, the reality is this. You're going to be formed one way or another, actively or passively. Hello? You're being formed one way or another in life. You can't just sit off on the sidelines and be like, I'm not being formed. You can be at your house alone, you're being formed. How? By your thoughts, by your phone, by the shows you're watching. Now, TV's not sinful, social media is not sinful. Everyone's like, he's the social media police. I am not, I don't care. Do whatever you want. Just make sure it's unto God. It's not that, I heard recently, it's not that TV's sinful. It's just some of the shows maybe are sinful, but like, Come under the formation of his truth. Know his ways. Because you're going to be formed one way. One way or another, we are going to be a formed people. But I love it, that, that the craftsmanship, handiwork. All right. 
How else? Jesus says, come follow me. I love that Jesus says, come follow me. That he's not a God up in the sky and God somewhere that like, he's like, figure me out. He says, come. Anybody else think, he says, come. We serve a God that says, come to me. Like, you know how I envision God? Anybody else ever get that picture? I'm like, In my house, I'm walking like this. Thank you, Jesus. Come, follow me. He says to these disciples, you ain't going to just be fishermen anymore, getting fish in a boat. I'm going to teach you a greater mission and greater calling on your life. You're going to expand Eden. You're going to reach people. But he says, come, follow me. You know what he was inviting him into? His presence. I don't want anything else except the presence of God here. And you can manipulate the presence of God. You can make it happen with some really cool, can I tell you something? When we have good worship sets, that's not the only time the presence of God is here. Can I, can I tell you something? When the presence of God is, is here in this, in this house network, when those people in the parking lot that are standing there waving at you in this freezing cold, bless you, Danny. That's the presence of God. But he says, come follow me. Come be with me and I will form your life. You are not a mess. <laughs> you are not broken beyond repair. You are not so far gone that I, this is not the God we serve. This is not the, this is not the king we serve. He would never say, you, you, you've battled too long in that addiction. You can't give up those drugs. Hey, you've sat with pornography for two. And he doesn't say that. He says, come follow me. Come to me. You've cheated, you've, you've done wrong, it, it, come to me. Let me show you who I am, he says, in my presence. And I will make you great and awesome and a fisher of men. I will make you a son and daughter that will do great things. Just come and fall. You're not beyond repair. You're not broken. Oh, you may have gotten off course just a little bit, but guess what? I'm going to bring you back in alignment of what I have for you. Anybody thankful for that? Like, he doesn't leave us. But he says, come, follow me. It's an invitation, yes? And repentance and following truth and presence go hand in hand. You can know all about God, but not know God. You can know all the books. Oh, snap. I've met some seminary kids that can talk me up and down scripture verses and bless them. But the measure of a man, you know what it is? They're fruit. He's not saying just know about me. He's saying know me. Know me. Know the love I have for you. How has it happened? Coming into alignment with his truth. Getting with him in his presence. One and the same. And in this year, this is what we're going after. All that, we're going after his presence and his truth in our old groups, in our preaching, in our teaching, in our worship times, in our gatherings. Everything we do in this house is gonna be formed and shaped by the truth and the presence of Jesus. That's what's happening. So you gotta come back. <laughs> There's much more that I could have shared, but for the sake of time and those little ones and those teachers up there in Jesus' name. It's an invitation though. I'm not here to tell you to build your best self. That's demonic. I'm just working on myself. You're not your own God. 
there's a craftsman in heaven that wants to create and mold you and shape you to be like him. My best self is nuts. My saved self is good by the hand of God. So we're not here to make best self people, okay? Y'all looking at me crazy. We're here to build disciples that are sold out to the work of God and his kingdom among us, amen? Would you stand to your feet? The invitation to formation this year. We're going to see God do great things. We're going to see him expand and grow and do what only he can do. But it, says, it starts by us saying yes to his handiwork. So, so because, right, this is never about like just me or anybody, but this is about us. If, if you want to say yes and you call this place home, I just encourage you right now in your own way, just say yes to him. It might be audibly. It might be in your heart. It might just be just saying yes to him right now as I pray. Just say yes to the, I don't care if you've been serving God for 40 years or just for a few moments. It's an invitation that Jesus says to come and follow him and know his ways. Know his ways. Know his ways. So would you pray with me right now? Father, we thank you for the invitation. Jesus, we thank you for the invitation to come under your craftsmanship, to come under your hand, to live in your truth, to know your ways. So Holy Spirit, we, we say yes to that work in our lives. Holy Spirit, reveal the places in our lives every day that are not in alignment with you. We say yes to coming and following you, to being in your presence. Father, if your presence isn't with us, what are we to do? So we want your presence. We ask for a greater measure of it. I ask for greater measure of encounters for people in their homes and their drives to work as they're gearing up the Zoom calls, like whatever the case is. Just give them your presence at a greater measure. And may we be awakened in your presence to who you are, to your ways. We thank you that you came, Jesus, that you came and that we get to have life in you. So we commit all this to you this year. We commit everything that has been said, that hasn't been said, that every prayer that's been prayed, every, every meeting that has been taken place to just discover what you're up to. We just pray supernatural anointing on it. Be with my brothers and sisters as they go today. May they just be filled with joy, the oil of gladness instead of mourning. Yeah, that's the word for today, God, the oil of gladness instead of mourning. So may we be a people that are filled with just gladness and joy as we come under this and come into deep formation by your hand. We bless you. Yeah, we bless you, God. We, we thank you so much. You're awesome. <laughs> You're so good to us. We love you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody says, come on, and everybody says, come on, can we bless the Lord one time in this house?